Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, brought to you by the TeacherCast Educational Network. If you are in charge of professional development and looking to build an innovative digital learning experience, this is the podcast for you. Join us each week as we uncover strategies that tech coaches are using to drive their digital transformations one classroom at a time. And now for your host, with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 161. And today we are going to talk about how you as a coach can support your teachers on computational thinking. I know that's the first time that this podcast has ever used that term, but it is such important that we are out there every single day helping our students learn about STEM subjects, computer technology subjects, and most importantly, helping them learn these amazing authentic learning skills that they're going to take with them from elementary school through high school and even beyond. Did you guys know that there's over 500,000 open computer jobs in the United States right now? And we need to make sure that we are preparing our students for it. So stick around. We've got a great episode with two amazing guests that are going to talk to you about one special program that's happening down in South Carolina and really across the country that you guys can be a part of. But before we get to our interview segment today, I want to remind you guys that there's a ton of stuff happening over at our website, askthetechcoach.com, including our free TeacherCast Tech Coaches Network. That is right. We have over 300 tech coaches or instructional coaches all coming together each and every single day to support each other, form an amazing PLC. And we are all here looking to see if you guys are out there and we would love to support you and your program. Head on over to askthetechcoach.com and don't forget to click on that button and sign up for our free membership site, the TeacherCast Tech Coaches Network. We would love to see you guys in our professional learning network. My first guest today is an educator from the Greenville K-8 Virtual School District. I wanna bring on Miss Emily Strickland. Emily, how are you today? Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach. Good. Thanks for having me here today. It is so nice to have you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am from Greenville, South Carolina. I am a math interventionist. That is awesome. It is so nice to have you today. And today we're talking all about the great things that you guys are doing in your school. Tell us a little bit about what is school like this year? How are things? Are are, are you in school? Are you hybrid? Uh, What's your day look like these days? So I opted to be a virtual teacher again this year. Um, our our district kept the um, virtual program for one more year just to ha- give families that option to come into virtual teaching. So I stayed. And I understand that one of those things that you do at your school is that you're on the leadership council for discovery education and you're also the le- learning leader uh, for an amazing program we're going to be talking about today called Ignite My Future. Talk to us a little bit about those two programs and, and uh, some of the things that you're doing with them this year. Yeah, so these are two incredible programs that teachers can be a part of. Um, Discovery Ed has tons and tons of resources available to teachers. Um, And then as a part of Discovery Education, Ignite My Future has partnered with them and they're through Tata Consultancy Services. They partner with them to um, bring professional development to teachers, um, just lesson plans that you can use, support, collaboration, anything you can think of. They are there for you. 
Very cool. We're looking forward to learning more about that today. And part of that program, as you mentioned, is a great company called Tata Consultancy Services. I want to bring on Miss Kelly Recker. Kelly, how are you today? Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach. Hi, Jeff. Thanks. I am great. Thanks for having me. It is so nice to have you on the show today. Talk to us a little bit about yourself and all the great things that are happening these days at Tata Consultancy Services. Sure, sure, Jeff. So um, actually, I'm a, I'm a former teacher. I was a teacher for 18 years, and then um, I came into this role as the program lead for Ignite My Future in School, which is our um, computational thinking program where we offer professional development and support for teachers as they integrate computational thinking into all subject areas. I'm so glad that you guys are on here today. And of course, again, we want to say thank you guys for listening to the show. If you guys have any questions about this episode, we are on Ask the Tech Coach episode number 161. Don't forget all of our show notes are live over on our website, askthetechcoach.com. And of course, we would love to hear from you guys on Twitter. Just find us over at Ask the Tech Coach. But today we're talking about how to support our schools, how to support our classrooms when they're working with great programs and with great organizations. Guys, tell me a little bit about Ignite My Future in Schools. What is this program all about and how does it work? Ignite My Future in School um, began in 2017 and it's a partnership between TCS, Tata Consultancy Services, um, you know, one of the largest IT companies in the world. And um, we partner with Discovery Ed to bring computational thinking, professional development, lesson plans, resources to teachers so that they can bring these to their students and prepare them for the future of work. And I understand that you guys are working with more than 20,000 teachers covering over 1 million students. That is pretty awesome. Um, how do you do it? How do you reach out to schools? How do those partnerships look? So, you know, we work with, with Discovery. They have a great, um, they have a great teacher network. They're, you know, um, just a great um, resource in the education field with ed tech. And then, um, you know, we also, you know, we have created a really strong community of teachers who have used our program. And, you know, a lot of our, you know, new teachers are from word of mouth. So we'll go visit districts, we'll offer our free professional development, we call tech academies. Um, and we do those virtually now, but we've also done those in person. I love the fact that you guys are bringing in computational thinking. Emily, talk to us a little bit about computational thinking. How does it work? Tell me a little bit about some of the things that your students are learning this year. The biggest thing about computational thinking is how you break down a problem. Um, the, and the students, they always want to know how do you do it? What's the answer to it? Give me the right answer so I can get my A or my B. They don't want to think out the problem. So with computational thinking, we have them, you know, start with small, break down a problem, um, and then think about it in a global situation. So some of the things that I've been doing, one of my favorite projects that I've ever done with my kids is drone delivery. Um, the kids, um, they were asked to create an apparatus to apply uh, to attached to a drone so that they could deliver a pizza. And so I took that lesson from Ignite My Future and had them um, actually chart out a path on a map um, using coordinate coordinates and things like that um, for their city, for their drone to go. And then they actually laid out a scale drawing of that path and they flew the drone on that path. And the path ended up at the teachers, I mean, the principals, office where the kids were delivering pizza to her all day so she got like a ton of pizza that day <laughs> so it's about teaching our students how to come up with answers and solutions for real world problems coming up with these higher level thinking things 
Why is this important? I mean, I know that so many school districts don't yet offer this in their in their curriculum. Why is it important that we're talking about computational thinking and, and, and what do you think it means to your students to have these opportunities? It's important because, I mean, that's what they're going to be asked to do when they get into the real world, when they are, you know, put into a job where they're a graphic designer or a video game designer or, you know, they work for an athletic department of some sort. They're going to have to have a problem that they need to be able to solve and break down that problem and, you know, come up with um, what's the word I'm looking for? Come up with um so it's oh real, my gosh. World, real world solutions, right? Just trying to make sure that yes, real world solutions. <laughs> Talk to us a little bit about that pizza lesson. How did you set it up? Is that something that you came up with? Is that something that you guys work together as a team? How did you how did you introduce a lesson like that? Um, so I got the lesson from Ignite My Future from their website. Actually, I met one of their consultants that was there before, Kimberly Wright, um, and she worked with Discovery Ed. And I met her, and I was obsessed with drones. And I was I happened to just mention to her, "Hey, I want to do something with drones with my kids. I think they're really cool, and um, we want to make sure my kids get the opportunity to do that." And she says, "Oh my gosh, look here! Look at our website. See what we have to offer." Um, and so she showed me the world of Ignite My Future. And so they had a project called Drone Delivery. So I took that and of course I had to make it math and made it, make it fit into my standards. So I tweaked it just a little bit um, with the coordinates and things like that and the coding and, you know, just, it became an entire lesson. <laughs> so Kelly, it almost acts like a coach for the teacher. Talk to us a little bit about the relationship that the company has and how they interact with teachers in their classrooms. Sure. So. We're just, you know, our goal is to support teachers. We know that they are the gatekeepers. They're all on the front lines. Um, and so we want to, you know, prepare them and equip them with everything they need to bring, you know, computational thinking to their students. We know that, um, you know, there's so many jobs out there in computer science that are open. And, you know, the, grad the number of graduates are not matching the, the number of jobs that are open. So, um, so one thing that we're trying, you know, so we try to work with them, we support them, um, and we also bring in our TCS experts, you know, to classrooms, whether it's, you know, virtual career panels or working as mentors with students to give the students um, a connection to those industry experts and introduction to jobs that are available because, you know, there's so many jobs out there in computer science, you know, that... Um, it's, it's more than just, you know, I felt I'm probably dating myself, but back when I was in school, it was like teacher, doctor, nurse, lawyer, and those were your choices. And now there are just so many, you know, again, the scary thing is, is most of these jobs, which you've all heard a million times, they haven't even been created yet. So we arm them with computational thinking, which are those strategies that they're going to use to solve any problem that they come in contact with, whether it's changing a tire on a car or working on a spreadsheet. Today I was walking through my elementary school and I got pulled into our gifted and talented classrooms and the teacher was so excited and we came in and she was showing us how they were creating catapults. And all that they did was they had a bunch of you know, like spoons and rubber bands and some popsicle sticks and the kids had to create an idea, brainstorm a solution, discuss it in a group, put it all together. I was amazed at what was going on. and. This is a form of, of computational thinking, coming up with these real world strategies, but 
being in a G&T class, I'm just sitting there going, this should be for everybody. Let me ask you here, guys. When we're looking at this, how soon in our school career should we be looking at doing these computational thinking courses, subjects? Is this something that usually happens in the high school grades or should we be bringing in some of these skills in the elementary levels? Oh, definitely elementary, I would say. I could say, I think you could start as early as kindergarten, having them to, you know, think out a problem of some sort and work out an example that they're doing. You know, with you could take blocks and just take blocks and have them build blocks, you know, build a building with a block and tell me what your building's about. You know, that's a simple computational thinking type thing. And I, and I think just to add to that, I think, you know, we've had teachers who have done this and, um, you know, they've worked with the, with the little guys and it's just so great to see them, their, their wheels turning and the creativity, you know, they're not afraid. And I think the earlier you introduce it with the students, the more likely they are to, um, take those courses in middle school if they have electives or, you know, in high school that are available and just because they know what's out there. What can parents do at home? You know, everybody here listening knows I'm the guy that's got, you know, second grade triplets and I'm looking at bringing these different experiences in. I would love to have my second graders be building catapults here, but I have the advantage of having the teaching experience in front of me, but so many parents don't. What can parents do to start fostering these skills and fostering conversations and these real world um, problem solving skills when their students are at their houses? Let their kids struggle. Don't always just tell them this is what you do. This is how it's done. You know, let them struggle through the problem. I know with my kids, they were younger and um, my son was obsessed with football. I mean, always obsessed with football. And so, um, and he's a football coach now, yay for him. Um, but anyway, he, um, when he was little, like four and five, he wanted to, he was so upset that he couldn't go on the field. So my mother-in-law brought him, always brought them M&Ms to the game. And so he would take the M&Ms and he would put them in formation and he would watch them, the play, and then he would actually move the M&Ms and do the exact play that they just did. And he would get so frustrated when he couldn't find the right colors or, you know, um, that he couldn't figure out or the Eminem would fall off the bleachers or something like that. You know, I just let him struggle. Figure it out, dude. Come on. <laughs> Pick it up. Go, you know, go on with the next one that you're doing. <laughs> I love that advice. Let your kids sit back and learn. Let them handle things. Kelly, what's your advice for any parent that's out there saying, I I'm interested in this topic. I I'd love to be able to work with my students. Sure. So I would say one great thing is to go to, on our website. We have some family activities on there um, at ignitemyfutureinschool.org. And they're, they're great family activities to get everyone involved because, again, like computational thinking just doesn't have to happen in, in the classroom or in the computer science classroom. You know, it happens. It can happen anywhere. So and I agree with Emily. I think letting them understand that it's not having one correct answer and it's okay to struggle it's okay not to get the answer correct you know the first time because that is that's how that's how we learn so i think definitely having that process and understanding that you know there's so many different ways to get to the same solution or to figure out a brand new solution this is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 161. And all the links that we're mentioning on the show, we're going to make sure we're in our show notes. Now, you had mentioned that the parents have access to the great resources and the websites and things like that. But Emily, you also have access to some pretty cool resources. Talk to us a little bit about the Ignite My Future in Schools Learning Leaders Network. 
Ah, the Learning Leaders Network. Um, so this is where we come together as learning leaders and we're able to collaborate with each other. Um, we've come up with projects like right now we're involved in a global collaboration um, with each other where all of our students are collaborating on a project. And then um, we're just able to talk about, hey, we tried this lesson, you know, I did drone delivery last week, or hey, I use science of sports with my kids and I did all of these cool activities with them. Um, you know, here's how you can use this in your classroom. So we just, we're just given the chance and the opportunity to collaborate, which is so important nowadays. And what does it mean to you to be able to reach out and have other educators just really at your fingertips to support you, brainstorm ideas off you, share lessons and stuff? That's got to be pretty awesome. Oh, it is very awesome. You know, when you're at your school, you're you're usually in a PLC and your PLC is very small and you have, you know, like I know my PLC right now is three to four teachers together and we plan and we talk with each other. But having that access of having thousands and thousands of teachers across the country to be able to say, hey, you know, we're doing this. What what did you do with it? How did you how did this work with your students? You know, just having that extra thousand people to give you advice is pretty amazing. Kelly, let me flip the script on you. Why is it important to be working with so many great teachers to form this community? I think that, you know, it's it's important for us to have that network of teachers so that we can take these great resources and, and see how they work best for everyone. Because we know that, you know, we can put out a lesson, but it might not be, you know, the what everyone wants or everyone needs. And that's the other thing that our teachers also give us feedback on, like, we would like to see this. Can we try this? Um, you know, the, the project that Emily talked about, that global innovations project, that was um, the brainchild of two of our, our learning leaders, um, one from uh, Monterey, Mexico, and another one from El Paso, Texas, who, who came up with that idea and asked if we'd help facilitate. So having teachers, you know, use our resources, but then also bring them to their students is, is really important. Emily, I, I remember at the beginning of the show here, you mentioned that you're still teaching uh, virtually. Um, how is that working for you? I, I, when I'm thinking about computational thinking, computer skills, you know, project-based, it's got to be easier to do things in the classroom. But how have you been able to manage this entire dynamic curriculum um, away from your students? It's been hard, but we do a lot of social-emotional learning so that we can become a family um, together. Um, and we get a lot of our resources from that from Discovery Education. Um, but our students are able to come together. We are able to utilize, utilize breakout rooms um, with our students. So they're able to talk in small groups and work on different types of things that they're working on, um, you know, and problem solve together. How do you find yourself keeping your students engaged? <laughs> I stand on my head. No, um, <laughs> really, um, it, it's it's hard. I mean, you know, they they're in the video game. They think of, if they're in front of a screen, it's supposed to be some type of game or a TV show or be entertained. So it's really hard to um, try to keep that momentum going every class period, every day. Um, but we do it. You know, I had the opportunity to walk into a couple students that's couple teachers classrooms today and they were doing great activities with their kids and the kids were very very engaged with virtual learning i'm curious because we've been doing it virtually for so long and your students are used to this how do you feel it's going to be when you finally step back into the classrooms do you, do you find it's going to be easier or a little bit more of an adjustment or different i 
think it's going to be different. <laughs> um, my goal is to say virtual for the rest of my career, but because um, I really like it a lot. I like the challenge of it. I like having the kids, um, you know, having to think outside of the box all the time. It, that's just my mindset for things. So virtual allows me to hone in those skills that I've been working through my whole career. Um, but if I had to go into the classroom, it would be different. I think that I would utilize more computational than I did before, computational thinking than I did before. How does it work when you're trying to do physical type things? I mean, you had mentioned the drone, maybe explain a little bit about this, but you're, 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 are you just doing a, a fictitious drone? Are you eventually going to put a program into an actual drone to test something out in a field? How do you handle the fact that some of these things might be bigger than just a computer screen? So when I did the drone delivery project, it was in person with students. Um, so if I had to do it again with my students, I would probably have them lay out everything and then code the drone. And then I would do put the code in and they could watch me do it, which is not as fun for them. And, you know, we've had a couple kids that have drones at their house. So maybe they could, the ones that had access to that could pull theirs up and do that. Or I'm sure that there's somewhere out there where there is a simulation of a drone or a plane that I could pull up and find and use if I went virtual with that pro, um, project. Talking today to Kelly Recker from uh, a great program here. And I'm looking at this, Kelly, going, if I wanted to spring in computational thinking do my students need to have something specific in front of them is this mac based windows based chromebook based um ipad based C can i start bringing in any device that i want or is there something specific that i want to be having if i'm even going to be thinking about doing some kind of these curricular uh, topics yeah good question so i think that the the wonderful thing about the program is that it is um, you can have it as plugged or unplugged as you would like. So there, it's not based on, you know, it's not a Mac-based or a PC, Windows-based. It's, you know, anything um, and everything that you can think of. So there's opportunity to to bring in, like if you have a drone, like Emily was fortunate to have the drone in her school. But I know um, when I was teaching my school, we didn't have one. So, you know, we would have, you know, to use that plan, we would have, you know, mapped it out and sort of, physically walked it out to see how it would work. Um, you know, so I think that that's the nice part about it is there's, um, you can make it as plugged or as unplugged as you would like. We mentioned earlier the fact that, you know, so many STEM jobs are going open. There's a lot of great possibilities for anybody who has these computational skills. Kelly, what is the future of programs like this? Are they just gonna get, you know, younger and younger? Is the future bright or because of the teacher shortage, are we in danger of losing a lot of these skills? Because maybe not a lot of people out there are trying to teach these skills. Yeah, I mean, I think there is so much room to expand programs like this. I think that, um, again, like just talking about like make my future with the our lessons are transdisciplinary. So, you know, when I first heard about computational thinking, I thought, well, this is not for me. This is for the computer science teacher. Um, and then, you know, you realize that the stuff that we're doing, you know, whether it's abstraction, like, you know, pulling out that important information and, and removing those unnecessary details, that's what students do in, in ELA classes when they're, you know, writing a summary or, you know, finding the main idea. So um, I think that there 
is, you know, there's room to grow. And I think, you know, as, as scary as a teacher shortage is, I think, you know, we just need to to let all teachers know that they can they can do this and they can fit this into whatever they're teaching and use that language and be purposeful with it so that, you know, when the students come across it then later on in their computer science classes or, um, you know, when they're looking for a, a tech job that they, they, they've heard these before and they're not brand new to them. You know, our... our... It- I was going to say, and, you know, also, if they can't figure out how to use them in their classroom, they have this huge network of teachers that will jump in and say, this is how you can do it. This is what you can do. You know, use these resources. I've done this. You know, it's just a great network of teachers. I think it's great, too. Like Emily said, it is a great network of teachers. And, you know, sometimes you're the only crazy ELA teacher that wants to add in computational thinking to your class and you're by yourself. So, you know, in our community, we have just enough crazy there that you'll find somebody to to match up with and work with and learn from. And that's what I think um, I love about it. And it's, it's also gives teachers the opportunity to feel vulnerable to say, you know what, I didn't get it. I tried it. It didn't work, you know, and then somebody else is there to say, hey, like, here's how I did it and here's how it worked, you know, just, you know, or here's the one thing that, that I had to tweak for myself to, to get my students um, to do this. So I think that's the, the beauty of the, the network. I mean, just obviously together, we are so much, um, so much more. What I'm hearing from you guys is that there are great programs out there. There's also a need for teachers to support each other and to be able to share those resources. Guys, this is you. These are the things that teachers are asking instructional coaches. The ability to be vulnerable, the ability to say, I need help, the ability to say, we need resources in, that guide on the side to say, I need you to stand next to me and show me, teach me, model with me, help me plan. Guys, there's a lot of great things that coaches can be doing to support our teachers with computational thinking, with drone work, with computer science and beyond. And obviously, as we've shown tonight, there's so many different needs for them, not only in elementary school, middle high school but even beyond into the higher education grades kelly emily i want to say thank you so much for coming on the show today um emily is there a place where we can learn more about you a social media a website a something where can we learn more about the great things that emily is doing in her classroom emily likes to use twitter a lot <laughs> um at at Eastrick teach is my twitter handle um follow me whatever i put a lot of my um ideas and things on Twitter, um, more so than anywhere else. And Kelly, where can we go to learn more about the great things that you guys are doing, more about Tata Consultancy Services, and where can we learn more about the Ignite My Future in School program? Sure, so for Ignite My Future in School, check out our website, ignitemyfutureinschool.org. Um, to learn more about what TCS is doing, you know, specifically with our, our corporate social responsibility programs, which is what Ignite My Future is part of. We have our TCS Empowers website, um, tcs.com, just to learn about the amazing things that TCS is doing, you know, with, um, with our company and the, the cool new tech uh, solutions that we're creating for our customers. Um, and then, yeah, and that's, those are ways that you can find us. And we're going to have all the links on the bottom of our show notes over at Ask the Tech Coach podcast. This is episode number 161, learning how to support our teachers through great skills such as computational thinking. Hope this episode has been great for you guys. Don't forget to head on over to Ask the Tech Coach and join our free 
TeacherCast Tech Coaches Network, where you can join hundreds of tech coaches and learn how we can be supporting each other during this very, very crazy school year. And that wraps up this episode of Ask the Tech Coach on behalf of Emily and Kelly and everybody here on TeacherCast. My name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to Ask the Tech Coach, hosted by Jeff Bradbury of the TeacherCast Educational Network. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach or online at www.askthetechcoach.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.